There's a wideness in God's mercy, like the wideness of the sea. Still, we make God's love too narrow by false limits of our own, and we magnify God's strictness with a zeal God will not own. For the love of God is broader than the measure of our mind, and the heart of the eternal is most wonderfully kind. Amen. Welcome to 2020. And amen, yes. It proves to be an exciting new year. A new year, a new decade. Often this season comes with a sense that there's an opportunity to make a new start, to dream new dreams, to summon our best selves. I invite you to make your worship of God in this place a part of those endeavors. As we come here week after week to recenter, refocus, disengage from the hamster wheel, even if for a moment, so that we may reprioritize our lives around the things that really matter. Today we peer in on the very first worship service offered to Jesus, as, though, as those mysterious magi make their way to the manger to present their gifts and pay him homage. This story has become so familiar that it has almost lost its strangeness as the church has conveniently filled in the missing details. Not only does the Bible never suggest that there were three, but most of our English translations render these characters somewhat domesticated, stripped of their Peculiar mystique. Kings, magi, wise men, wise women, perhaps. However many there were, whatever you want to call them, these first worshipers of Jesus were inconceivably dissimilar to the ancient Israeli-Palestinian Jewish culture into which the baby Jesus was born. They were from the East, which means they saw the world vastly different. They ate different foods, listened to different music, engaged different religious practices to make meaning of their lives. They quite literally saw the universe differently when they looked into the night sky. They were themselves stargazers, quirky, wandering sages from afar, Some have speculated that they may have adhered to some form of Zoroastrianism, even. Perhaps far-fetched. But whatever label you may want to apply to them, make no mistake, my friends, this was an interfaith encounter. And in a world that seems as divided as ever along lines of difference, in which the evils of anti-Semitism, xenophobia, and violence rage on. What a wonderful image the Prince of Peace offers us on this second Sunday of Christmas. Even in his infancy, the Christ child plants the seeds for a vision of a new humanity. Here at the cradle, we see the world reconciled as East meets West, 
in this vulnerable moment of new life. It is a remarkable scene. It doesn't get more disparate than east and west. And yet in Christ, the tension holds. Notice, there is no miraculous conversion experience. They were the first to recognize the divine light in this child. And yet the Magi do not walk away ready to get baptized and sign up for confirmation classes to become Judeo-Christian followers of Jesus. Neither the infant Christ nor Matthew's gospel demands such a narrative in order for this story to be instructive. Although I might add that with their proclivity for pomp and circumstances, the Magi would have made great Episcopalian. (laughs) Nevertheless, these wise people did not suddenly become Christians. They didn't have to in order to benefit from the encounter. We can ascertain that while unconverted in name, they were transformed within. Matthew tells us that in this encounter, they are overcome with joy as they fall to their knees before the Christ child. We humans love labels, introverts, extroverts, Android person, iPhone person, Democrat, Republican, Episcopalian, Methodist, Bulldog, Crimson Tide. I still don't really know what that even means. You Alabama people will need to enlighten me. These labels give us a sense of identity. They help us to find our tribe. Labels provide us the comfort of solidarity and assure us that we are not alone or necessarily all that unique in our life experiences. But at the same time, labels can stifle our transformation and hinder our growth as individuals and as communities into the future God intends. Just as easily as labels can unite us, labels can also polarize and harden us to embracing change and nuance. They can box us in. As children of God, we affirm that each human being is ultimately a mystery beyond simple categorization. We are complex and beyond understanding, just as God is beyond our understanding. In this season of epiphany, which begins tomorrow, the presence of God is revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ. God entered the world in a particular time, in a particular body, in a particular place to reveal to us the mystery of God's presence in every time, every body, every place. This is the season in which we revel in that glorious mystery of a God who is both finite and infinite, both intimate and omnipresent, fully human, fully divine. A God who will not be boxed in. And so, my friends, what a rare and glorious invitation God extends to us as the people of God on this block in the year 2020 to create and curate a church outside the box. The kind of church Deaconess Wood might imagine as an out-of-the-box kind of character. To foster a kind of cradle in our world where epiphanies might happen, 
a space, a home, an oasis of peace where God might be made known in our city, in our generation once more through our gifts, our imaginations, our hearts, and our hands. 2020 is an election year. It is also the year where we will be considering who we have been and discerning who we will be as we imagine the future of our block in terms of bricks and mortar. As Simon has suggested, at every level of our life together, there is potential and likelihood for tensions and emotions to run high. So I wonder, what would it look like to create that all-too-rare kind of community in our world where we can bring all of who we are, all of our labels, all of our baggage, all our passions and interests, all the boxes we check and all the things that box us in, in our thinking and in our imaginations, and lay it all down. Set party aside. Or at least hold it all lightly enough lightly enough to open our hearts and our minds to the possibility of transformation, the possibility of God's presence, the possibility of epiphany. It is telling that in the world of online sales, the metric of clicks turned to purchases is now described as conversions. Ideas, products, policies, We live in a world where political pundits and armchair experts are constantly vying for our attention and allegiance for their goods, their agendas, their services, their interests, trying often in vain to win us over to their side, whatever their side may be. What if our church could be a community of seekers focused less on conversions, less on changing others, and more on being changed together. Ever transformed into the likeness of one who embodies perfect, self-giving love. What if this could be the kind of community where all kinds of people, with all kinds of political views and worship styles and interests, family configurations, financial situations, and lifestyles, could come and be loved, be honored, and valued as we focus together not on any of the labels or categories that divide us, but instead on that babe in the manger as he calls us collectively to imagine a better world again and again and again. My friends, this is a story worth returning to all year long. With God's help, we can do it. We are the church of all saints and all sorts after all. And if Jesus could hold together the chasm, the tension between east and west, then surely the body of Christ can hold space enough for all of us when we lift him up. Jesus himself embodies God's perfect justice, perfect peace, perfect love which casts out all fear. And people are drawn to this Jesus, this presence. That's why our worship services are so wonderfully moving in this place. Because at our best, we do the work 
And then we get out of the way and let God move through our prayers, through our music, through this feast. As East and West were met together in that first worship service, the Magi were given the vision of another road home. Another road home. Lest their faith be co-opted by the political wiles of King Herod, God gave them the vision to chart a new course with faith not held captive to the agenda of any earthly ruler, party, or scheme. My friends, there are big questions facing our church and big questions facing our country in this 2020. We will not always see eye to eye. Sometimes we will be at battle even within ourselves. And so how desperately our world needs that new way, that third way, that new course. What tensions do you bring into this sacred space this morning? With what complexity might you ask God to be present? My prayer for this community is that we will be a place where in Christ the tension holds. As we pursue Christ and are nourished by him to create a more beautiful, just, and loving world. As we do so, may God give us the dreams and vision and grace to forge a new and living way as we are led by the light of the world. Amen.